0: just speak for a little while about it We're still in that sort of uh, that that theme of prayer about everyday life with God and but to look particularly at the passage in Ephesians as Paul brings the letter to a close where he writes to the church there about what it means to live well and to pray well on the days perhaps when things are not so great this is what he Rights. Put on the full armor of God, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. At that point, do you think it was? No, never mind. For against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Begins that section saying to people, saying to the Ephesian church, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's his intention, that having outlined all of this life, he said, actually, what I want you to do is stay strong, and I want you to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of God. And when Paul is saying this, when he's writing this, he's chained to a Roman centurion to a guard he's chained to them paul was chained to a guard unable to get out but he didn't allow his concern to overcome what he was saying was actually even though he's in this situation even though he's in this context where it might have appeared really easy to be overwhelmed He allowed his imagination to be filled with the fact, actually, of being strong in the Lord and in the power of God. And what Paul did when he couldn't be with people, when he wasn't with his team, when he wasn't with people that he loved, what he did was he wrote letters. Perhaps ordinarily, he wouldn't have done. Perhaps ordinarily, he would have wanted to be with people. But actually, what he chose to do was to write and he wrote be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and then he goes on to talk about this idea of putting on a uniform the armor of God and we'll look at that in a moment when did you last wear a uniform when did you last wear a uniform what was it how did it make you feel And what effect did your uniform have on other people? Just think for that for a moment because what I'm going to do is going to put you in groups in a moment just to share that. When did you last wear a uniform? What was it? How did it make you feel? And what effect did your uniform have on other people? some of you could just raise your hand if the last uniform you said you'd worn was a school uniform let me just see if a school uniform okay i'm going to go to reuben and ask Ruben. uh tell us about your school uniform reuben tell us what it looks like so it's red yeah <laughs> and and so that's the, the red jumper uh, Grey trousers and black shoes. Okay. And what does your red does your red jumper have a badge? Yes. And what does your badge say? Do you know? It says Saint John's. St. John. School. And and how do you feel when you wear your school uniform? How does it make you feel? It doesn't really do anything. <laughs> no? no? It doesn't really change my feelings. Does it not? I've, have you been doing some schoolwork at home this time? Yes. Did you wear your school uniform? No. Why? I don't <laughs> have to. Oh, I see. Okay. Thank you. Someone else. Tell me, uh, did someone else? Well, let me go to Claire, because you put your hand up about a school uniform. Tell us about your school uniform uh in the olden days if i can remember remember? (laughs) go on tell us about your school uniform it was blue it was dark blue with a blue tie and uh light blue shirt okay and did you like it no not particularly how did it make you feel well it was good to all everyone to wear the same things and yeah. you also knew what to wear every day so you didn't have to think what to wear <laughs> uh-huh. but um yeah you just felt included i suppose okay. I don't know, really. thank you someone else uh, did anybody else say about a work uniform who put the hand up for a work uniform did anybody have a work uniform can i see any hands yeah jay okay jay and martha nice to i'm gonna unmute there we are tell us about your work your work uniforms well i have an official one that i wear when i'm at my receptionist job um which is nhs and i've noticed that since i wear it when i'm on public transport people are quite respectful um people will move for me on buses and stuff which is always nice um but then when i'm at work the respect varies depending on if there's a medical professional in the room um, yeah. or in a uniform because then it's oh no you're just a receptionist and people will talk down to you in that but then also i never thought i'd say it but i do quite like having it because i don't have to think that because i get up early i'm you know six in the morning and it's just like yeah chuck it on go Interesting that, uh, the, the the general effect it can have on the public is one of respect because it's like NHS. But actually, when you're in work itself, then the nuance of the uniform matters more. You know where you are in the pecking order. Yeah, there are some perfect. uniforms that have that effect on people, don't they? Um, a few years ago, I don't know if this has ever happened to any of you, but... Um, you know, when you see a police car in the rear view mirror, um, there was a time when I was uh, traveling back from a, uh, a conference and, uh, in Swanwick, and I, I was in a town and I didn't really know where I was going. And so I, I was at the traffic lights and while I was at the lights, I realized I needed to turn right instead of go ahead. So I just cut up the car behind me uh, to go right, and then looked in my mirror and it was a police car. And um, the police then did what they do sometimes, which is they allow you to drive on believing that you've got away with it until they pull you over after a good five minutes. And I was trying to explain to the uh, policeman as he was talking to me. I actually found myself babbling, I'm a minister, I'm a minister, as I was dressed in my, um, my tracky bottoms and my uh, f- slobby t-shirt, but found out that actually a police officer's uniform matters more at a time like that than uh, whatever wear a vicar might pretend to be wearing. The uniform actually makes a difference. When Paul was writing, he was he used the picture of a uniform people talk at the moment about us living at a time where we have an enemy uh, the president of the world health association has called the coronavirus public enemy number one it sounds strange to think of us talking about a virus as though it's simply an enemy but we've got used to that language we've got leaders around the world talking about the fact that they're at war with a virus a virus that's a parasite it doesn't actually do anything it can't create anything but it just exists to cause trouble it disrupts everything and it causes fear and it causes illness and it disrupts normality And when Paul wrote about the uniform that he wanted Christians to wear, he said, I want you to take your stand against rulers, authorities, powers of the dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil. He painted a picture of what the life as a Christian would look like a life where there's blessed that you're known before the creation of the world. He began the letter to Ephesians by saying, God knew you long before you would know him. He talked about the church being this unified body of Jew and Gentile brought together to demonstrate to the world something better and then he talked about the idea that we would live well for God, we would live well in our workplaces, we would live well in our marriages, we'd live well in our families. we'd live Genuine, mutually submissive lives to one another. And that's hard to do. Compromise is easy. But he says, actually, I want you to live that sort of life. And there are powers that will stand against you. There are viruses that will want you not to live like that. In general, the enemy will want you not to be like that. And there are specific days when anxiety is raised. And for some people this week, for some of you, you might have felt that anxiety. For those of you that are still at work, and there's quite a lot of us in the church who are involved in frontline health at different levels, from doctors through to nurses through to carers, and the anxiety of actually just doing a job when so much is uncertain. And for some of you, those of you that are struggling because you're thinking, I'm not sure where work will come from. And although the government said that the help will be there, it feels still a long way off. And for everybody who feels isolated, the anxiety of isolation, the anxiety of not being right, of it not feeling right. All of this, this situation can lead to us losing hope. And when Paul was chained to a Roman soldier, he said, I want you to be strong. And I want you to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And I want you to stand against the enemy, the enemy who's not actually flesh and blood, but the enemy who's the enemy of your soul. And I want you to on some armor. And he uses that picture of a roman soldier and talks about the idea of making these ideas real put on a belt of truth this is truth about yourself and about god but it's actually a determination to live a life of truth in these days you will see lots of fake news you will get news sent to you that turns out not to be true. And the tr- they, that, they do the rounds, these sort of messages, these bits of tr- news that aren't true, send round and they make us frightened But actually, as a people, we want to say, no, we're going to be a people of truth. So before you pass on anything, check out it's true. Before you believe the lies about yourself, check out the truth of who you are in Christ. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's actually about, in this context, doing the right thing. And I don't know about you, but I might be the only person who sometimes wonders, I wonder if I could just, get away with doing that. It's not, does it really apply to me? And the righteousness is actually a determination in these days to do the right thing, to stay away from people, to go out once a day for exercise, to only go shopping if you really need to, not to bend the rules, but to actually love one another in the wider society by doing the right thing, by having your feet shod with the gospel, the shoes of the gospel of peace that idea of the good news of the gospel that actually we will where we can tell people about a god who does love us a god who does care a god who in christ came close we will take up a shield of faith against the darts of the enemy those doubts that come that affect us and the faith that we have in christ will protect us And on our minds, we'll cover them with the helmet of salvation. This idea that we are covered by him and that we are his. And we'll read the Bible. The Bible tells the truth, the big truth, about who we are, about God's world, about what he wants us to do, that we will stand firm. These Roman soldiers, when they were geared up, it wasn't just to protect themselves, they were actually geared up in order that they would keep the peace, the Pax Romana. They kept the empire safe and expanded against the rebels. They knew that actually this armor wasn't just to keep them safe, but was actually to allow the good news of the empire to spread. And it's the same for us. The reason you put the armor on is because your people. a different story a people with a different worldview people with different different hope and he finishes this passage and pray pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and for some of you some of your prayers will be prayers of lament oh god how long will this go on but for others it's prayers and requests for other people and pray in the spirit and i think at least he means two things by that that idea of being nudged by the spirit what would the spirit have you pray that actually in this time of enforced distance we take time to be with the lord and We use the gift of tongues, pray in the Spirit. And allow our spirits to pray with the Holy Spirit. So with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This week, what we did for the church was we we sort of divided people up into smaller groups. And someone probably this week will have been in touch with you, either through a WhatsApp group or through a text message, just to say I'm there and I'll be praying and we can pray for one another and it was a desire to say to one another how can we pray for one another and some days it's enough on those groups or on the Facebook page and beyond Sunday just to say I'm having a bad day will you pray for me and you'll see lots of prayer requests prayer requests that actually we can bring for one another this is what it means to be church in days like this that you stand firm in the power of god in the strength of god that you stand with those attributes those realities the life that you know is true about truth about doing the right thing about peace about faith about prayer about the word about being aware Of God's people, of not letting people slip through the nets but actually standing firm for them. I wonder then what challenges you're facing, I wonder what's being tested and I wonder whether you'd pray for one another and those that are working, those that work to keep us fed and safe, And inevitably, like the whole of the population, for some people, this is a really difficult time because you can't do what you normally do and you feel distant and you feel dislocated. And for other people, we were chatting to Lorna before the service began, and she was talking about how her job is changing now. She'll go back on the wards and she'll be doing up to 12 hour shifts to help people in their time of need. How do we pray for one another in these days and what i want to suggest is that we go back into groups and we do that for one another what's being challenged what's being tested and we pray for one another and um in your small groups one person don't take all the time but just say this is my situation this is what i'd love you to pray for and i think if there's nothing for yourself to pray for, then pray for the folks in the NHS and the care workers, the folks who are visiting people in their homes to make sure that they're cared for. Pray for the ones who feel isolated. Pray for the ones who work in the supermarkets who have to keep on just keeping us fed. Pray for the politicians that they'll know what to do. Pray for one another. So I'll put you back in small groups and we'll give about five minutes for this to happen and in your small groups just quickly pray together uh, for these situations and then we'll bring you back and um, we'll sing again okay we're going to pray together you'll hear from us during the week um so what will happen is we're trying hard to get the balance between staying in touch and not deluging you um together into the list of uh, songs that might be helpful and link with what we were talking about this morning um we'll write to you on a wednesday um with a uh, a newsletter with um w- with with reflections and another interview we're going to do these interviews so you get to know people and it was great last week to have Kate uh being interviewed and I hope you enjoyed just finding out a little bit more about her and we'll do we've got more coming up uh, for that as uh, the weeks go by um and we'll think about small groups in the week but um that's where we're gonna aim for but we we don't want to overload you we know that some of you are working from home some of you are home schooling. Uh, Some of you are still going out to work um, in different places and uh, your lives go on and we want to support you but not overload you. Next week what I'd love us to do is actually share communion together. So next week would you bring with you um, some uh, wine juice, some biscuits, some bread, some whatever... Uh, you might want to use to uh, share communion together but we'll share communion together um, next week as part of our service together so if you can prepare yourself for that that'd be fantastic Uh, bit by bit week by week we just might get a little bit more um, adventurous with what we can do uh, together in a moment we'll I'll unmute everybody and you'll be able to hear everybody and you can say goodbye to people as you uh, log off But I want to pray for you as before we do that, let's pray together. Father God, I want to pray that we would be strong in you and in your mighty power. Lord, that strength will need to be worked out in so many different ways for us. But Lord, we pray that it would be. We want to pray for our country at this time. We want to pray for those folks who are making the decisions about how to actually enable our country to function well but safely want to pray for those folks working in the healthcare lord that you'd be their strength and that they would know how to deal with folks who are so very ill at this time we pray for the folks that we know ourselves we pray that your strength would be theirs lord we pray for those who feel really dislocated at the moment and struggling just to uh with with the new regime, Lord, I pray that their strength would be in you. I pray, Lord, that we would be people of hope, reaching out to folks around us. Lord, I pray that your blessing would rest upon us in the name of Jesus. Amen.